Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That's my invitation to you is to get to a place where you and I have that kind of loyalty. And we negotiate and we work out these things like a married couple. It's wild to me that you don't think I have been. All I'm hearing is Robin is perfect. Robin is great. Robin treats me the way I'm supposed to be treated. You need to all of a sudden be this way. We have a small team. Everybody's got to conform. And then we're good. No, that's not, the, that's not what I signed up for. I don't think it's unreasonable for me to expect that my wife would be loyal to me and that she would be an accountable person. And maybe just person, maybe this is not a good fit. Maybe this doesn't work. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our Sister Wives edition. Um, listen, I'm just going to let you guys know off jump, I um, uh, we're going to be cracking some jokes about COVID. I take COVID very seriously, make no mistake, okay? This is just specific to Robin and Cody, so if you're particularly sensitive, this might not be the episode for you or just stick around for the first half. Um, for the rest of you who guys want to go down in that cistern with me, we're going to have a lot of fun. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, the episode begins on a, I don't know if high note is the right term, but with Truly. Truly comes over and she comes over to Robin and Cody's house and Cody talks in a confessional about how he wants to make sure that Truly's comfortable when she's there, but that it's been a challenge. We'll see. Christine says in a confessional that really all Truly asked for with regard to the divorce is that they get along. She and Cody still get along. So in terms of, you know, not talking shit about Truly, or not talking shit about each other in front of Truly, rather, uh, they're able to do that. So... Cody says that his fear is that Truly won't really be comfortable. So then we watch a scene where Cody asks Truly if she brought pajamas. And she's like, no. <laughs> and Cody's like, why not? And she says, well, mom said that it was up to me. So Cody has no plans for her. Like, truly giving divorced dad with a capital D. Obviously relying on Ariella and Solomon to entertain her. But then he's like, oh, um, I do have some work to do. Do you want to help me with that? She's like, what do you mean? Like, stuff that he has to do outside. So, her first, seemingly first day that we see truly trying to connect and be with the family, um, he's got nothing for her to do except for manual labor. Hang out with your much little kid, much younger siblings that you barely see, or you can go outside and do manual labor for me. What fun. What fun for an 11-year-old girl. 
Robin says in a confessional that she hasn't given Solomon and Ariella much information about Cody and Christine's divorce, but like, why, why the fuck would you? Ariella's in kindergarten. What does she know? She barely knows who that blonde lady is. What does she need to know about the dynamics of their divorce? Of course, Robin. The fact that you have to describe this or like specify this really lends credence to my theory that you let your children in on way too much and you're like way too deep with it, which is why they're always crying. They're all, all of you guys are always crying. It's your fault. And listen, I got some hot takes about the kids too, about Aurora and Brianna, like, but they're hot takes, just so you guys know, they're hot takes because I know that Robin has done this to them. Like, I'm not judgmental of them. I'm judgmental of the people that Robin has molded them to be. Does that make sense? Then there's a very quick scene, which is so telling, because you hear Cody ask truly, oh, you have some books that you brought. Why don't you show me the books? This moment between them ends literally 10 seconds. She shows him the three books. He flips through the titles and he's like, hands them back to her and goes, well, why don't you show these to Aurora? Cause she likes to read. <laughs> and then at one point, um, Ariella tries to pick truly up and they have to ask her, please don't do that. Which uh, like, girl, I'm understanding what your little classmate said about back up girl, leave me alone. Boundaries, boundaries. The kids got to learn some boundaries. Robin says that there's more attention in the family than just the divorce with Christine and Cody. So having truly over is like a kind of normalcy, which leads us to the other thing that's not so great. Janelle. No shade to Janelle. Clearly. Janelle says in a confessional that she and Cody have had a rocky summer and that they really disagreed about the trailer. So they decide to meet up at the local restaurant, the Fat Olives, because Janelle's trying to actually smooth things between them. We have to keep that in mind. So she says there are still problems and disagreements that she has with Cody, but the real issue is Goofus and Gallant, Garrison and Gabriel's relationship with Cody currently. She's just really focused. Like that's a really bad thing, but she's trying to, you know, extinguish one fire at a time. So maybe, excuse me, maybe I can try to um, focus on my relationship with Cody and then I can maybe talk him down for the absolute delusional behavior that he has towards his own children. So Janelle tells us what we found out last season, which is that she didn't spell thanks- spend Thanksgiving with Cody uh, last year, and that this year things are so much worse in the relationships with all the family, especially between Cody, Garrison, and, and uh, I keep wanting to call him Gallant, <laughs> Garrison and Gabriel. Um, and so like now, you know, it's gone from worse to worser, basically. She's like, listen, she she first runs the idea past them, saying that maybe, uh, not McKelty, Madison and Caleb can't, were thinking about coming to Arizona, but then she kind of flips it on him and is like, well, I haven't seen them since 2018 for Thanksgiving. I actually think it might be easier if I just go to North Carolina where they live and spend it with them. And then I'll plug back into the family for Christmas because I think that might be the more important holiday here. So when she tells Cody this, he like kind of ignores the fact that she says, I'm thinking about going there. He's like, well, there's a lot that's going to have to be worked out. If if Maddie and Caleb come, you know, protocols, whatever, COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you guys noticed how exhaustively Cody, how much effort he took into squeezing that lemon wedge into his water. Like he had the fork involved so the seeds don't slip into the water. I mean, every bit of juice he could get from that lemon. He it, like he was sitting there squeezing it for a good five minutes. Like poor dog, just let it go. Make a lemonade. Are you that cheap? So then Cody tells Janelle that he's not going to just sit there and have everybody over and act like everything's peachy and fine without working things out. Then he says that he's not going to have anybody, anybody not even his own children, come to his house for Thanksgiving if they have animosity towards him or, you know, somebody who's connected to him. Then he says, maybe Garrison should try to reach out to me to make amends. The man is sick. Who should you be more connected to than your own fucking children? What is he talking about? Janelle says to Cody, listen, I think Listen, they'll all come to their own 
whatever. But in a confessional, she says that the boys are really estranged from Cody right now and that Cody feels like they've offended him and the people that are close to him, a.k.a. Robin, and that the boys have to do like a mea culpa and apologize and grovel. And the boys just don't want to do that. They're not going to do it. Cut to Cody in a confessional. He's like, I'm not asking for or an apology or a mea couple from Gabe or Garrison. I just want to clear the air. So then why does Garrison need to reach out to you to make amends? If you want to clear the air with your child, call them. If that's all it is, then why are you doing the standoff in which he has to come and kiss your construction boot in order for you guys to just make amends? Like, if it's that then do the fucking work you weirdo why why have it see ego ego completely wrapped into all of him siring these children sorry i'm back i was able to pause that you would not believe how long that honking went on for longer than you'd think <laughs> i'm the one who had to suffer you know cody talks a lot about men and what men deserve and respect and blah 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 but he never talks about like him being respectful and i don't know if these are your kids maybe you should mm, lead by example and show them what it looks like to be respect if you're so demanding of this respect and yet where's the evidence of you giving it to people so janelle throws cody the softball of like i think you're frustrated about the COVID stuff right and cody says no it's not just about that they need to like covid put they put robin in the crosshairs right and then they start tending, sending text messages and the, you know, the messaging is going in that direction too. So Cody says in a confessional that there's been a lot of shit talking about certain people in the family. And then Robin, that certain person, I'm guessing, says in a confessional that she got texts and phone calls from Gabe and Garrison blaming her for what was going on with the family. So Cody says... I had three wives before I had one child and Robin comes in the family and she gets time with me and attention to her children. And I think that was just too much for some of them. And I think they were just jealous. You're talking about your children being jealous. What? And so where in your mind does that mean that they need to apologize to you? What? And also, I don't understand this, I had three wives before I had a child thing. Meaning what? That your wives are your priority? Which I think is a thing, and it should be to an extent, but not to this extent. Like, yeah, you should prioritize your relationship, and then, like, you know, not get lost in the sauce of just being parents and, like, not thinking about you guys as a couple, right? That I understand. But this is some fuck shit. Like, this has nothing to do with that. This is, like... Um, my wives are my priorities. If my kids aren't completely compliant and assimilate to whatever stupid thing it blows through my stupid hair on any given moment, um, I, he's a monster. I mean, ugh, I'm getting a headache. I'm like actually getting a headache. <laughs> like, I just can't, and not being a parent, I just can't imagine being a parent and saying my child is jealous of the relationship that I got into and the time that I took away from them and that somehow this is now their fault for not reacting well to that. I Like, bro, where's the logic? So Cody tells Janelle that there's an unwillingness to accept or communicate or make amends with other members of the family. And then Robin says in a confessional that she had no idea that Cody was telling Janelle that the boys needed to apologize to her and that she just wanted to clear the airs with them because I love those boys. I just find it extremely hard to believe that a man who rants and raves to the level in which Cody does has it's never been heard by Robin that he feels like the boys need to apologize to her. Like I'm calling BS on that. So then Cody looks straight at Janelle, like right in her eyes and says, I have somebody in my life who's fundamentally loyal to me, who sees me as the head of the family. And I'm saying to you that you and I will get to that. If you're loyal to me, y'all, I don't even know how to describe Janelle's face. Like, I think she was just so shocked and heartbroken that he would say that. She just didn't know what to do. So then we get a real reaction in a confessional. She's got her head in her hands and she's like, I, I can't. I just cannot believe what he's saying. 
Now, Cody says in a confessional that he's not telling Janelle to be more like Robin. He's just telling her to be more loyalty. And yeah, I have 100% loyalty from Robin. So, okay, I guess that's like Robin. But I'm just asking for loyalty and to be the head of my household. And then Janelle comes back and says, he's blatantly saying what I suspected. The person, this person is loyal, treats me like the head of a household. And if you really want to be a wife to me, this is how you need to be. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to become Robin. Amen. Thank God for that. It frustrates me beyond belief that he perceives this one wife and this one relationship is so perfect and she's such a saint. She was so nice to us and she was treated wrong. So everybody better apologize for being mean to her or else this isn't going to work anymore. (sighs) Yes, Janelle, we have said the not so quiet thing even louder than it's been said for the past three years now. I'm I'm like equal parts refreshed and thrilled that Janelle's saying this, but also like they're not together, right? There's no way that they could possibly be together after this. So Janelle says, this is a subtext that I've been hearing this whole damn day. Cody's been a broken record for a little bit about, you know, how Robin was victimized and she was so sweet to everybody and put herself out there. And I don't perceive it that way. I perceive that we were a plural family trying to figure it out. And Robin just always kind of kept herself a little bit separate. Thank you. Robin claims in a confessional that it wasn't easy adjusting to the family and there were some challenges, but she just wanted it desperately to be a part of the family. Now, here's my question to you guys. Um, Do you ever notice how... I think we can all agree that this show is pretty good for a flashback. And yet every time that Robin refers to trying, wanting to the family to be better, better, the efforts that she's made, I'm just not seeing any footage coming up. Not once. And I'm not even talking about this season. I'm talking about years of her saying this. Never once. Footage not found. So Janelle says, well... I guess we'll go from here. Listen, if this were the reverse, would you be acting this defensive about me? Meaning, if the shoe was on the other foot, would you be treating me the way you are with Robin? So Cody leans forward and he gets pretty close to Janelle's face again and goes, you and I have been acting like we weren't a married couple for most of our marriage, Janelle. (laughs) I don't know why. It's been okay for so many years and it isn't now, but you actually live like a single woman. So Janelle says, I felt like I had to make my own decisions for me. And I thought that's what plural marriage was about. I thought it was about being independent. But then Janelle says in a confessional, a long time ago, I was encouraged to be independent. That's what you do as a plural wife. If I ask him, then my needs will get ignored. So guess what? I decided to be my own hero and I rescued myself and I started doing things for myself. So Cody says that he just feels like Janelle's misinterpreting their entire marriage. (sighs) But Janelle says, listen, when you're in a long-term relationship, different events, different things that happen have very different importance to each individual. Things are remembered very differently by different partners. And at this point, I'm trying to determine if we're viable for the future. So then Cody says that he just doesn't see Janelle as independent as much as aloof. And she just does her thing and he does his. Like Farah and her daughter from Teen Mom. Which, side note, Sophia Abraham is on TikTok and... She and Farah are doing a real perfect strangers thing. First of all, I don't... Like, they live together. Some weird's going on. Anyway, Sophia's very emo, very goth, like, purple streaks in her hair, wears all black clothes. It is such a wild thing to see. Like, little Sophia from Teen Mom is, like, full Hot Topic. Full Hot Topic teen. It <laughs> Countered especially with Farah, who's gone, like, Botox baby I was gonna use a different word but uh, you know just just blown up to the gills well just blown like a, like the fucking good ear blimp but with filler and it, it what a while <laughs> it, it's a, quite the dichotomy but back to Cody he's like switching the goalposts again because 
independent isn't bad enough. Like, he knows logistically that her being an independent woman who, like, made the choices for the family, that's not a thing. That's not something that he can hang his hat on. So he has to say aloof. To allude in some way to her, like, being disconnected from the family or whatnot. But here's the thing. Like, you didn't mind Janelle bringing in money to the family. You didn't mind when she was out there being an independent uh woman in the job field you didn't mind when you know she was securing funding for your various bullshit houses that didn't seem to be an issue but yet now all of a sudden she's aloof all the things that you were perfectly fine benefiting off of for all these decades are now no longer okay to you because you've got this like quote-unquote real relationship with robin in which she's just like a servant to you and doesn't have any autonomy and you're like hmm this actually is a lot easier for me than you know a woman with her own opinions i'd rather have a woman be just be terrified and just uh you know constantly giving me everything i want that's that's a relationship to me and so where does that leave us now and you know all this interesting is coming up that she's so aloof and so independent after she doesn't want to buy christine's house and now he knows that he's not going to get his way. And now now she's suddenly Janelle's aloof. How weird. How convenient. So Janelle counters that by saying, listen, you can't depend on your husband to meet all of your needs. So I just had to make decisions for myself. So Janelle tells Cody that she enjoys her independence. And maybe somehow along the way they lost something. But the independence is staying. So Cody says in a confessional that this isn't about Robin. That she just happened to get caught in the COVID crosshairs. This is really about he and Janelle and her lack of loyalty to him or the lack of respect during COVID and his desire to protect the family. Same shit he did to Christine. Same book. Same thing. Same old shit. So then... Cody basically issues an ultimatum to Janelle, which is that... They need to get to a place where she basically has the same amount of loyalty that Robin does towards him. But Janelle cuts him off and says, it's really wild to me that you think I haven't done that. Then she says in a confessional, all I'm hearing is that Robin's perfect. She's great. She treats Cody the way he wants to be treated. And I need to be that way. And if everybody can conform to that, then we're good. But I didn't agree to that. So then Cody says that he doesn't feel like it's really that wild to expect uh, his wife to be loyal and an accountable person. But what does that even mean? Like, I wish that the producer would be like, what does being accountable mean in this case? What does that mean to you? What does loyalty mean? Like, really explain what it is that you expect from Christine, or Janelle rather, because It's going to be, he's not ever going to be able to answer that question. He just uses these buzzwords that make him sound like a victim. She's not taking accountability. For what? What does she need to take accountability for? For what? Answer, quickly. For not kicking her kids out during COVID because they couldn't afford to to move out yet? Is that what you want her to take accountability for? So Cody tells Janelle that maybe this just isn't a good fit and doesn't work. And Janelle says, it just feels like the rules have changed for me. I thought I was a good wife and I thought we were great and I was making my own decisions and then we would come together and I thought you were okay with that. Then Janelle says in a confessional that she never thought that she would get here with Cody, but she's been wondering more and more if they're compatible anymore and maybe it just doesn't work anymore. So Cody tells Janelle, That for him, emotionally, the ship is sinking. So Janelle says in a confessional, I'm not sure if our relationship can change what from what it was for the past 30 minutes or 30 years all of a sudden. Maybe that's just a sign that it's not working anymore. And then she says that she's really not the type of person to throw in the towel on her marriage, but she feels like there's this gulf between them and she just can't give him what he's asking for. So Cody tells Janelle... I don't know if we knew how to be real with each other. Janelle says, but you're my best friend. And I confide in you. And I thought we had a really functional relationship for a long time. That just broke my heart. Like, first of all, that anybody should have that sort of affection. I mean, the fact that you were like relying on Cody to be a friend to you or even an acquaintance. 
but a best friend he doesn't want you and that and that's really makes me sad like I'm taking away the fact let's let's just even take away the fact that it's just like laughable that anybody would truly love Cody <laughs> let's take that away it's just sad to me that anybody in a relationship would be like have somebody say I don't think there's any life left in this and their response is but you're my best friend like that's really sad I don't think Cody even thinks it's possible to be friends with a woman, much less his wife. You know, like best friendship for Cody is with the boys when they're wrestling with each other and high fiving and eating Doritos or like whatever happens in these weird, you know, pseudo sexual fantasies that he has with other men. We all see it. You know, it's it's strange. But yeah, it just he's not her friend. He's not even her friend. But yet, he's her best friend. I hate that for her. Because Cody says in a confessional, to say that he's even close to Janelle is an overstatement. And he doesn't want to have what happened with Christine to happen with them. Then Janelle says that she wants to do everything she can to make this work. But she's not even sure if it's possible to come back from where they are. Which is what I've been saying. I don't know how you come back from this conversation. At all. At all. So then Cody asked in a confessional, why does Janelle think that I'm singing the breakup song? Our communication is all wrong. Jeez, I don't know. Probably because you said that you haven't been in a functional relationship for years. That Literally, you just said to say that we're close is an overstatement. Uh, You don't know if you can be real with each other. You require her to be an entirely different person that she's not, that you know she's not, in order to make this relationship functional. And you think that she's not only independent, but aloof towards you and your relationship. So, gee, I wonder why she thinks I'm trying to break up with her. (laughs) I'm wondering why she thinks I don't want to be in this relationship before. What a mystery. Janelle tries to find the silver lining by saying, listen, Savannah is almost 17 years old. It's almost like now we have the opportunity to reset and figure out our relationship as empty nesters. Then Janelle says, you know, I just have so much affection for Cody, but I don't know if it's love. So Janelle then tells Cody that she feels like they're on the cusp of a reset. And he's like, I don't know. I just want to eat my food before, before it gets cold. Like he has to stop before he can, because he is now trapped because she's now like coming to him in the way that like really he would want her to come like cap in hand just like robin did i want to make this work and now he's like well i'm gonna make this a snickers moment because i don't know what to say because i wasn't expecting her to actually be nice to me uh so let me let me chew on this whatever the fuck i like what was that what were they eating it looked like maybe crab legs I'm going to look up the the menu and see what I, what, cause now I got to know. This is how my mind works. I'm sick. Okay. So I will say that I will, I'm looking at the menu now. I'm looking at the lunch menu and I've never seen this on a, a menu. It says that you can purchase for $10, a six pack for the kitchen staff to thank them for their work, which is interesting. Also Guy Fieri has been there. So if you're interested in what Guy had at the Fat Olives flag stuff, he had the Kanai pizza, which is a white base with ricotta, house-made mozzarella, pecorino romano, house-smoked salmon, dill cream, sea salt, extra virgin olive oil, and red onions. He also had the Belgio Dolce pizza, which another white base, mozzarella, pecorino romano, oregano, Brussels sprouts, calabrian chili oil. That sounds good. Molinari sapricetta, local honey, and crushed pistachios. That doesn't sound bad. I couldn't find what they had. It looked like, I don't know, it looked like crab leg. (laughs) Something very strange. But I'm not finding anything on the menu. But very interesting that you can buy a six-pack for the the kitchen crew. I actually think that's kind of cool. Can you tell I haven't had lunch yet? (laughs) So Janelle reiterates that she thought that they had a healthy relationship or at least a functional one. And she asked Cody if he agrees and he sits there for a beat and he goes, you know, buying the RV, single woman decision, going to see your kids without your husband on the holidays, single woman decision. So Janelle says in a confessional, so what? It kind of seems like Cody is expecting me to stay at home and sit with him and Robin and Robin's kids 
listen, as far as the RV, Cody didn't show up and try to help me find a rental. He was MIA. But then Cody says that he was begging Janelle to rent or buy. and She would have been able to afford the monthly payment on that. But then when he tried to do that, she got mad at him. Are we talking about last week when she told you after she bought the RV that she can't also buy Christine's house? Is that what you're referring to? Bruh. Like, it's almost like he genuinely doesn't think that we watch the show. It's truly entertaining. Now, Cody brings up another hot button issue, which is the dogs in the bed, which Janelle says they used to sleep on the side of the bed, but now they sleep in the uh, in the bed more. She's trying to keep control of the dog hair, but, you know, Cody tends to bring this up when he feels some type of way about her. Like, it really only comes up when he's, like, being petty. So Cody brings up a half of a point about how the life choices and the, the living space that they choose to live in does affect him. And so, you know, if he doesn't get a say in that, it makes him feel very left out. And then if he doesn't stay in the RV, it's like he's punishing her or he's abandoning the family. Janelle tells Cody that she doesn't want to give up her independence, but she needs to consider him more and then asks him do you even want the plural family anymore? And he's like, yeah, I question it. And Janelle says, yeah, me too. In the past couple of years, I've really wondered if I want to stay. I feel connected to you because you're my best friend and my lover and I want to stay. So Cody asked Janelle to explain why it's easier for her to have a relationship with Christine and not Robin. So Janelle says a lot of that is just history. Like Christine and I were stuck to with each other. We raised kids at the same time. It's a long time that we've known each other. And I just haven't really had the opportunity to interact with Robin on a daily basis like that. That's it. But for some reason, this turns into a roasting session for Cody about Christine and how she he's just been envisioning Christine skipping away from the family and out of the shitstorm, but... This is really the shitstorm that she caused. What does this have to do with anything? <laughs> so Janelle says, well, we all had a part of that. Well, I don't know. Cody then goes on about, I wasn't a coward. I didn't quit. I didn't want divorce on my record here. Okay? I'm going through a divorce and my wife doesn't even care. But she does care about my ex-wife and it's heartbreaking. So then Janelle says that she's feels like Cody's just looking for some validation, but she feels like that would be veering into some pretty dangerous territory. Then Janelle says that she feels bad because Christine talks about the lack of intimacy and a bunch of other problems that she had with Cody, but that's not her marriage experience with Cody at all. And then she says, Cody and I were, were great on all fronts, meaning you know, she was getting it. Okay. Make no mistake. He was hitting that apparently, apparently. And then Christine says in a confessional that Janelle was really, was, was really secure with her relationship with Cody, even when they were going through struggles. She was always just like, you know what? This is just how marriage works. So now both of them have reverted to Janelle's relationship and marriage with Cody in the past tense. And I think we all need to just like make a note of that. I think that's quite important. So then Cody says that he and Janelle have a lot to work out. And Janelle's like, yeah, I just feel like we're in a logical place where now the kids are leaving. I'm looking at you differently. I really want to better our relationship. And Cody's like, I agree. But then in a confessional, he says, I just feel like I'm fighting for their relationship. But, you know, Janelle says, I'm here. I just don't know what to do. Also, at one point, Cody makes mention about how he feels like it's not safe to tell Janelle that he's heartbroken and that he needs help and that he's going through this divorce and he just needs her to be, like, tender for her or whatever. Same shit he said about Christine. Like, it's not safe. Same thing he did with Mary. I'm not safe with her to share my... Why? Like, what is the marker for safety? What are they doing that you don't feel safe saying, I want to improve our relationship. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. You don't feel safe saying, I would like for us to be better? That doesn't make any fucking sense, Cody. So you're just going to let it be worse and blame it on her. Because you didn't feel safe to say... <laughs> to say what? He, see, he just says bullshit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. We don't know what he's talking about. But it's stupid. I think we can all agree on that. If you genuinely feel like you can't tell somebody, I want our relationship to be better, then that means like you don't want it to be better. So just break up with her. But I'm not a quitter. Okay, well, you're not a helper either. So, you know, you don't get a participation trophy just for being there. Well, I got perfect attendance. Okay, but you're still failing. So, you know, most professors only give you about 20% for being there every day and you're not even there every day so what are you even talking about you don't feel safe shut up so then we get to the second half so if you know for the sensitive this would be our time to say goodbye love you be back next week cody makes me laugh immediately when he's filming himself outside saying you know uh we're now 20 months into the corona apocalypse (laughs) Cut the Wi-Fi. Brianna, cut the Wi-Fi. Aurora? 20 months into the corona apocalypse. (laughs) Jesus. So then he goes, after all of us sequestering and fighting over being careful about COVID, now Robin and Brianna are both sick. Cody says that the day before, he took them to a COVID testing site, and Robin tested negative, but... Brianna tested po- and he also tested negative. Brianna tested positive for COVID-19. <laughs> so what is this like October of 2021? I think are we done with referring to it as COVID-19 and the corona apocalypse? What's happening in Arizona? No shade, but like <laughs> what's going on there? Cuz he's like going into his best TV anchor, like I've got to be Anderson Cooper and deliver the news to the people of TLC. Like, no possible way that in 2021, people are going to understand what COVID is. So I have to explain that it's COVID-19, even though it's probably like Omicron at this point. <laughs> he, he, I don't even think he's up, up to date on that. So, ugh, he's a nerd. Nerd. But anyway, the following day, Robin started displaying the same symptoms as Brianna. So they're just assuming that Brianna brought it home from school. And then we see Brianna in a confessional saying that she didn't think that she would have COVID because 
And I quote, it was so feared and talked about. So for that reason, she thought that she wasn't going to get it. What? I think what she was trying to say, what I hope she was trying to say is that we were so careful about it that it just didn't seem possible. But you're saying it was so feared that I didn't think I would get it. That doesn't make sense, Brianna. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, I, yeah. So Robin says that at their school, they have like their protocols. They have, you know, the hand sanitizing stations, they social distance, they mask up. And so she's just really shocked that Brianna picked it up. So then we see Robin and her natural brows. I mean, we got to find a silver lining in everything we can. And listen, it only took her getting riddled with COVID. You finally chill the fuck out on that fucking grease paint across her eyebrows. And for that, we all have to be grateful. Did you guys notice that she was recording herself sitting in a black hoodie? And I thought, was that the same black hoodie that Cody gave to Isabel for her surgery? I mean, poor Isabel cannot have a singular moment with her own father without Robin trying to co-opt it for herself. Ugh. Mostly what we see is Robin just, like, coughing into the camera. I mean, what is there to talk about? Then Cody starts running down the list of symptoms that, that Robin and Brianna have. And I swear to you, he knew more about their coughing, sniffing, seizing, nighttime fever, upset stomach, diarrhea, than he probably knows about any of his children combined. Like, personal facts about the children. He probably knew more about their temporary symptoms. Like, ask... Like, I would just be like, okay, why don't you pick just even the oldest kids? Logan, Aspen, McKelty, Leon. Just give me two facts about them, about their personal lives as adults currently. Couldn't do it. Uh, tell me what Brianna had, what symptoms Brianna and Robin had for COVID. Oh, w- let me just pull out the whole speech. I remember it f- completely. I swear to God. He, he, oh, he's so sick. So now Cody is tasked with something that he's never really had to do, which is to be an active parent. So everybody's just going down one after the other. Dayton now gets it. The two little kids start getting symptoms. And then Cody shows us the result of his temperature test. He takes his temperature. He takes it out of his mouth. I don't know if you guys need to sit down for this, but his temperature, 99.8 degrees. (laughs) 99.8 Get that man in the ice bath immediately. His organs are about to burn to a crisp. 911, emergency. 99.8. <laughs> now, for the uninitiated, 99 is still a perfectly reasonable bodily temperature. Doctors don't even consider you having a fever unless it's 100.4. So. <laughs> so then Cody says that it's been six days of him taking care of the other five people in his house with COVID. And then he has the nerve to say, I don't know why I got COVID and I don't know why it's so bad. And I don't know why I'm out of my mind. You don't know how you got COVID. Everybody in your household except for Aurora has it. That's how, I mean, for the man to have so many protocols, he still doesn't seem to know the basic as to how it's contracted. (laughs) Very strange. Do you think that at one point Cody took ivermectin? I think we need to realize that there's a distinct possibility that he probably at least seriously consider taking ivermectin he says that he hasn't slept in three days and that he's got fevers and aches and pains and he didn't even know what the day was which is important a reminder for later because then he goes i spoke to gabe at some point a little bit trying to gather information and figure out what i could do because i was just out of my mind and suffering okay out of his mind so then we hear from gabe who says that he got COVID in January, didn't really have any symptoms outside of the loss of smell. Nothing else, no fever, aches, mind loss, anything like that. So then October comes, specifically October 11th, which he remembers because it happens to be his birthday. So he gets a call from Cody, and they have a short discussion about Gabe's COVID experience. And during the course of the conversation, Gabe says, you know, I shouldn't have done this, but I didn't remind my dad that it was my birthday because I wanted to see if he would remember on his own. How do we think that turned out, you guys? How do we think that turned out? Um, Well, he says, Gabe says, you know, for dad, it was just another phone call. 
He was just asking me about COVID. And then Gabe takes his glasses off and starts breaking down into tears in the confessional couch. And then he goes, it was a lot worse than just a phone call for me. And then he has to collect himself emotionally again. This is like a good minute of Gabe trying to like collect himself, stop heaving, sobbing, which in television time is a long time to watch somebody just suffering over the fact that their dad is a shithead. Again, just like with Isabel, just enraged me. It enrages me to see these kids be so heartbroken over their ain't shit daddy. Ain't shit daddy. So then he starts wiping his tears and says that Cody called him back a couple hours later to say happy birthday and to try and make up for things. And that was the last time that he spoke to his father. They got into a fight, right? Like, I think Abe popped off on him and that was it. That was it. And I don't blame him. Fuck Cody, honestly. For some reason, and I'm assuming that there's some sort of uh, appearance clause or something with Mary, we have to watch her uh, film herself talking about how she called Robin and found out everybody had COVID and not the flu. That's it. And then she feels like she wants to go over there, but she can't. Okay, next. Um, Then we get back to Cody, who's announced that he's not showered or bathed in two days. He hasn't shaved. Um, he's aching all over. He feels like he just, I just feel like I did a deadlift workout because my gluteus maximus, which meaning my bottom, um, and the backs of my legs are, and my shoulder blades and my trapezius muscles and my biceps and my quads, like they're all just aching. Like, you know, like I did some Ironman workout, you know, <laughs> fucking psycho. The only person to not get it in the Robin Brown household is Aurora who immediately was like, uh, peace out, y'all. As soon as she found out that Brianna got the sickness, I'm going to go down to the room with the private entrance, and I'll holler at you later. Now here's here's where things get complicated for me. You know, I'm having a, a crisis of conscience, as they put it. Because they talk about this moment in which... Aurora says, you know, it was lonely for those 10 days, like so lonely for her to be separated or isolated from them. But then Cody says in a confessional that at one point during those 10 days, uh, Aurora came up stairs where everybody was. She was 10 feet away with her mask on and that they all just started sobbing because they missed each other so much and how awful it was for them to be away from each other. Now I'm going to take Aurora out of this and just say, imagine being any one of those other kids hearing that their dad sobbed over being separated by a floor from one child for 10 days, you couldn't even take Isabel to her surgery. You couldn't drive her to North Carolina where she's going to college. But you sobbed? You can still see Aurora. She was still in the room. And you're sobbing over not seeing her for a week and a half. What? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What? <laughs> imagine imagine the group chat for those kids must have been popping that night cody said this season that he couldn't see truly he couldn't be bothered to make time to see truly outdoors because it was still chilly out it was still too cold outside bitch So Janelle says in a confessional that as far as she knows, Christine and Mary haven't had COVID and she just kind of thinks that it's, you know, interesting that Brianna, that one of Robin's kids was the one who to bring it back into the house. And, you know, I'm also just realizing that it's the luck of the draw. I feel like she tried to save herself on that one, but I heard it. 
I heard it. You wanted to laugh. You did. And I bet you did. Just a little chuckle. Just a little chuckle. Um, Christine actually says something that she was like, you know, uh, I just feel it sounds like Robin was very seriously sick and then Cody got sick. And like, I was just like, who takes care of who in that situation? And again, I don't really think she was trying to be shady, but I heard it. I'm taking it a shade. Okay, so now I'm really going to give some chuckles, but I'm going to I'm going to have to give you guys some context to this. Um, this situation actually happened to my uncle and my aunt died of COVID. So to see what happened with Cody and Robin moving forward, I'm just like really rolling my eyes. Like you guys really need to gain some perspective, like chill the fuck out. So Robin's filming herself saying that she's having trouble breathing. And so the doctor just recommended that they take her to the hospital. So now like everybody in the house is on high alert because Cody says, you know, typically we go to the hospital for COVID, you don't come back, right? So Robin says in a confessional that I'm going to, I'm going to use her words verbatim because I thought it was very interesting. She says, I don't want to say a bye, my kids. <laughs> Try not to laugh. I don't want to say a bye, my, I don't want to say a bye, my kids. I think what she meant to say, I don't want to, I didn't want to say goodbye to them. <laughs> but she said is, I don't want to say a bye, my kids. And so I just have to report what I heard and what she said, because I'm a journalist. So Cody drops Robin off and he's recording himself from the car because they didn't let him in. And golly gee, he's as blue as he can be. Then he says, I wish I had admitted myself because I do have COVID and maybe I need a chest x-ray or something because my breathing just kind of sucks. But, you know, I decided not to because they would just separate me and Robin anyway. But I kind of feel like maybe I should have checked myself in. But then on the other hand, it does seem like a busy hospital. So I don't really want to go in there and play sick when there are people who might be dying including Robin, who he says he's been passing out. So, <laughs> Robin, I want you to hear this, that even when you were in the hospital, this man could not help himself, but to make himself the victim, even though he knows, realistically, he's fine, he's fine. But maybe I should just check myself in to get a chest x-ray. That's not how it works, Cody. That, that isn't how it works. You don't get to admit yourself to the hospital. You just want to go to the hospital because Robin's also there. Well, I'm sick too. Doctor, can you check my chest? I've been coughing. So Robin records herself inside the hospital saying that she's been waiting there in a bed for six or seven hours waiting for a room. She seems to be in a room because there's a whole bunch of equipment on the walls. But what I'm not seeing is that she was not hooked up to oxygen. I mean, she's she admitted herself on the because she's not breathing well, but... They didn't even give her oxygen, and I feel like that needed to be noted. So Cody says that after a while, he was waiting and waiting, and then he eventually decided to call Robin, and she told him that she was just sitting there wasting away. So Robin says that she got an EKG. They tested her urine. I think they tested her lungs, and despite the fact that she does have COVID, everything else is fine. Like They're like, yeah, I mean, it looks like you have COVID, but like you're you're good. Don't worry about it. You can go home tonight. It's clear to me at this point that the producers must be asking Aurora and Brianna, like, where is all this emotion coming from if your mom got released from the hospital and they said she was okay? Because he keeps saying, like, we didn't know she was going to get worse or better. You know, anything could have happened. We were just concerned and really praying a lot. Cody says that once Robin got back from the hospital, she seemed better. But somehow he got worse. So Janelle says in a confessional that she, in fact, checked in on Cody while he was sick and that it was kind of scary because he seemed like he really wasn't in a good mood. So Cody then gives himself his own diagnosis, which is the ailment of anxiety, which is not COVID. Um, so then one of the girls, I think, honestly, I can't remember their names. Like, I can't remember which is which. And I'm not... I think Brianna's the younger one. Yeah, I think it was Brianna. Brianna starts crying in a confessional about how Cody's usually really upbeat, but he sounded really depressed when he had COVID. Like, she's, like, really crying. So then Robin says that she feels like Cody is just stripping away the perpetual sunshine that Cody lives in. And see, this is what I'm saying. Like, Robin keeps hyping these kids up to these, like, extreme emotions, and I don't want to get in on them, like... It's Robin. 
it is Robin that is creating all this heightened, you know, emotional stakes for them. And they're constantly crying and I feel badly for them. And I really want them to find anybody else. Like I would love for Aurora and Brianna. I mean, I know Aurora's already graduated, but I like, if they could just spend one week at Euphoria High, I honestly think it would do wonders for them. Fortunately, three weeks later, Cody says that he's feeling better, but in a confessional, he says that he fought it, he beat it, it kicked his ass, but he did it. So now I just don't want to socially distance anymore because it's pissing me off. And that's all it took. (laughs) That's all it took for him to have it. Now, all of a sudden, the rules are over. He doesn't want to do social distancing. He doesn't care. Like, all bets are off. Now that he and Robin are are, uh, fine and those kids have their immunity, like, they don't want to deal with anything anymore. How convenient is that? And then somehow it comes back to being Christine's fault. I don't even know how we got here. I don't even know. Cody says that he's grateful that he's over COVID and especially the anxiety part because he drove past Christine's house and when he was feeling better. And so he went and parked outside and changed from the hoodie that he was wearing into a jacket because the hoodie was choking him from driving past Christine's house and seeing somebody else living there. So now it's Christine. <laughs> like, what? It, it choked you? The Driving past Christine's old house made that hoodie just choke you right on up? I would be deeply concerned about the hoodie and not not so much about Christine in this moment. Why is this hoodie trying to kill me? Your priorities are not in the right place, sir. Then he said that he started feeling and experiencing grief because of the breakup and not seeing truly. How he was able to do this, I have no idea. So then Cody says that he's always evaluating his relationships and that when he sat down with Janelle, he was basically begging her to have a deeper relationship with him because he feels so rejected by her. You didn't say any of that shit. What you said is that if you don't act like Robin, get the fuck out. Bro, you didn't say any of that. Oh, sorry, because it wasn't safe for you to say. It wasn't safe. Oh. That this woman who said, I want to restart our our relationship, I just didn't feel safe saying that I also want to restart our relationship. (laughs) Because she's aloof. (laughs) And the dogs. The dogs sleep in the bed, so, you know, that's it for me. Oh my god, by the way, did you guys see on Reddit? Did you guys see? I'm sure you have at this point, but... There's a clip forming around from season two in which... Robin and her kids are walking, I think, to Mary's house, and she kicks Mary's dog, who's just nice dog, going up to greet the people who are coming up to their home. She kicks that dog. Like, clearly the dog was physically affected because it yeets itself back. Like, oh, damn, bitch, I didn't think it was that serious. She kicked the damn dog. You know, I, I work with animals, so, I mean, she's officially dead to me. Officially. So then Cody really brings it home with the victimization by being like, you know, when I was had co- I had COVID, I was looking through family photos and I was just sobbing. I was just sobbing because I haven't been living and I just feel like I'm going to lose my family. I have a division with my family and a divorce and no doubt COVID was a catalyst to that. I don't think you know what catalyst means, but Robin, however, says... She actually totally gets why they missed out on two years of their lives because of COVID. Because it was bad. So, <laughs> interesting. Two two very different thoughts. The episode ends with Cody and Robin dressed up like King Tut and Cleopatra. What a treat that was for me. Just seeing all of that grease paint around Cody's eyes. And <laughs> Robin did not seem to be having any sort of fun, but just seeing her in a Cleopatra wig and the whole spirit Halloween cheap costume, really, I deserve that. I think we all did. I think we did. Basically, they're doing their own at-home trick-or-treating for Sal and Ariella because, uh, why not? They're, They're the king and queen, the prince and princess of this whole family. So they basically find the four doors, four entryway doors in this gigantic house, and they have the kids, you know, oh, you know, just do, like, trick-or-treating, whatever, cute, right? Um, and 
Cody says something that is so telling. He goes, uh, I'm not usually into this kind of stuff. I usually don't do this sort of stuff. But Robin wants to make sure the kids have an awesome time. All the time. And so she did really good. I feel like, it, like year after year, I know that Christine has made uh, mention of the fact that Cody just doesn't want to participate in holidays. and He's just not interested in them. Doesn't want to do Christmas. He's like total Grinch about that shit. And yet, here he is in a dumbass costume. Because Robin said. So interesting. Well, it looks like next week is going to be yet another explosive argument in which, you know, Janelle walks off as she needs to because Cody doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So join with me next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. Woo. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking.